Welcome, dumbheads, to MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. In this final leg of Season 5, I'm reading my way through every single goddamn page in The Revenge of Kang, the final module in the Time Warp Adventure series for TSR's Marvel Super Heroes role-playing game. And as I do, I'm identifying the dumbest thing on each page. Every episode is one page, every episode is short. The Revenge of Kang was written by Ray Winninger and was published in 1990. Today we're discussing page 58 of The Revenge of Kang. Today continues chapter 33, Here Comes the Bride. Last time, we engaged in a very huge, very long, very pointless battle against supervillains as we played through the early events of Fantastic Four Annual Number 3 when supervillains attacked the Baxter building on the day of Reed and Sue's wedding. Now, with the supervillains defeated, or at least sort of summarily shooed away by Reed Richards' deus ex machina machine, now we're on to the reason that we're all gathered here today, the wedding of Reed Richards and Sue Storm. Since we participated in the big battle against supervillains outside, Reed Richards has kindly invited us to attend the wedding, and so our heroes will now witness Marvel history here at the Baxter building. Quote, mingling with Reed and Sue's guests. Here is a perfect opportunity for some heavy-duty role-playing. Gathered in one room with the PCs are Doctor Strange, Nick Fury, Dum Dum Dugan, Gabe Jones, Quicksilver, Spider-Man, Patsy Walker, Hetty Wolf, Karen Page, Foggy Nelson, Matt Murdock, Daredevil, in case you forgot from a few chapters ago, the X-Men, Iron Man, Thor, Charles Xavier, Captain America, and Millie the Model. Also, if you read the comic, Stanley and Jack Kirby themselves are here, although they're not allowed into the actual wedding. Uh, they are rebuffed by a bouncer. But it's true. You know what the text says here? This is a chance for role-playing. We can go meet all these fun characters. You know, Nick Fury, we met him in the war, it turns out. Back in all this in World War II. Same with Dum Dum Dugan and Gabe Jones. So it'd be fun to catch up with the Howlers. Quicksilver is Scarlet Witch's brother. We've already talked about our interaction with Spider-Man right before his origin. Or, you know, remember that any of these things that happened in the past may have been done by the X-Men, who are temporary player characters. So it may be that the person who showed up at Peter Parker's high school and stole his date to the dance was like Beast. In our own continuity that we're building in the podcast, I think there's going to be some awkwardness at the buffet between Iron Man and Angel. That motherfucker who dropped off a do-it-yourself escape kit for me while I was in a POW camp with shrapnel poking into my heart and then just flew away on his stupid glorious wings and left me to rot. But overall, yeah, this is going to be fun. The text does note that while Professor X felt it was okay for him to retain memory of uh, the adventures that the X-Men had with our heroes, he did wipe all the X-Men's memories so they don't remember our heroes, nor presumably the time that they went and visited but conspicuously didn't rescue Anthony Stark in that POW camp, so they're not going to know what he's pissed at them about. This is all weird but fun. The dumbest thing on this page is the illustration that goes with it, because this is a great place for a big crowning visual of the wedding with all these 1960s heroes that we've interacted with all gathered together. The trouble is, the guest list in this image looks nothing like the guest list in the text. They only share like five characters, other than Reed and Sue and the player characters. Other than the bride, the groom, and our heroes, the characters portrayed in the picture here, and I will put this picture on uh, patreon.com slash megadumbcast, free post for anyone to look at so you can see for yourself. The heroes here are Daredevil, Hulk, who was not in Fantastic Four Annual Number 3, and whose absence was specifically noted in that issue, Iron Man, Nick Fury, Captain America, Thor, Namor, another character who was not there and whose absence was specifically noted, Black Bolt, a character who had not even been introduced yet at this time in the comics, the X-Men, Giant Man, who wasn't there, Crystal, another Inhuman who had not been introduced yet, Johnny Storm, and Ben Grimm. 
No sign in the picture of Doctor Strange, Dum Dum Dugan, Gabe Jones, Quicksilver, Patsy Walker, Hetty Wolf, Karen Page, Foggy Nelson, Matt Murdock and his civilian guys, Wasp, although admittedly she could be anywhere, Charles Xavier, or Millie the Model. Also of note in the illustration, in addition to all the characters who either weren't there or didn't exist yet at the time, Reed appears to be getting married in his Fantastic Four outfit, while Sue is in a wedding dress, which, while an apt visual metaphor for their relationship, is not the way that it went down. There's one more point of disagreement with the text, which is that our heroes don't actually get to watch the wedding. Quote, just before the wedding starts, the Beast will asks, Hey, does anybody know where any of the Fantastic Four people are? A guy from Leo's catering just showed up. I sent him downstairs. Now, did you catch that vital clue? Beware that you will not win the full Karma Award for this scene if you didn't just catch that clue. Quote, If the players are on their toes, this should register quite odd. One of the first things the heroes saw when they arrived was a truck from Fast Eddie's catering parked outside the building. One of the caterers is obviously an imposter. If the players don't catch on to this inconsistency, give all of the characters typical intensity intuition feat rolls to notice it. The heroes will probably rush down to the basement in order to check out the caterer. None of the NPC heroes will accompany them. Because why would they? It's not like we were just attacked by every single goddamn supervillain on the planet in an elaborate scheme by Doctor Doom to kill us. I'm sure it's fine. Let's let the strangers go take care of it. So... Our heroes ditch the wedding they've just been invited to and head down to the basement because they somehow remember that this wedding was supposed to be catered by an Eddie, not a Leo. Quote, once in the basement, the heroes find the master Kang quickly assembling a giant bomb. Now it goes on to say, quote, this particular Kang has an advanced technological device that allows him to mimic the appearance of another with incredible ability. He used this device to impersonate a caterer and gain access to the Baxter building. Two things. Number one, how hard is it to impersonate a caterer? They look like the rest of us, like there's no sacred birthmark that looks like a sterno on your cheek that identifies you as a destined caterer. You're just a person. So what the fuck is wrong with Kang here, that he's decided to bring this holographic technology to disguise himself as a caterer? Number two, if he has this technology, why didn't he disguise himself as the actual caterer? Like, you went to the trouble to go to the 40th goddamn century to get an incredible strength holographic projector so that you could disguise yourself as anyone and then came to the wedding of Mr. Fantastic and the Invisible Girl, one of the best documented events of the 20th century in the Marvel Universe, saw the catering truck outside, clearly labeled Fast Eddie's Catering, and was like, Huh, I'm gonna have to be crafty to pull this job. I know what I'll do. Forget about Fast Eddie completely, and invent an OC caterer named Leo that nobody's ever heard of, and disguise myself as him. Yeah, that's the ticket. Jesus, Kang. If only he had disguised himself as Fast Eddie. He could have planted his bomb in peace and we would all be dead. Dead and happy. Our troubles would be over. But instead, we gotta fight fucking Kang again. So he's putting together his bomb. The bomb is gonna destroy the Baxter building and kill all these heroes at once. I mean, I can't imagine this bomb is actually going to kill Doctor Strange, or Iron Man, or Thor, or The Thing, or probably Mr. Fantastic. And also Spider-Man has a danger sense, so he's not going to get caught in it. And also Daredevil has super senses, so he's not going to get caught in it. And also Professor Xavier is in charge of the X-Men, and he's the most powerful psychic on the planet, so he's probably not going to get caught in it. But other than that, this bomb should take out all of the important heroes. So we got to chase him. We chase him away from his bomb. We chase him back to his time ship. But, quote, as the heroes pass Kang's bomb, they realize that the bomb is fully armed and will detonate in 30 seconds. Some of the heroes, therefore, must stay behind and attempt to defuse the bomb while their compatriots chase down Kang. So it's time for a party split. At least one of us has to stay and defuse this bomb. The others are going to chase down what I'm sure, I'm sure has got to be the last Kang, right? Will our heroes defuse the bomb and save the timeline? Will our heroes apprehend Kang 
And will he turn out to be, finally, the last Kang we're going to have to fight? Join me next time for the answers to these questions and, out of nowhere, some information that's actually going to surprise you on MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. This has been MDC. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the top-secret, patrons-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact me however you want. I am Megadumbcast on Twitter, Gmail, Podbean, your favorite podcatcher, etc., etc. This episode's music, used under Creative Commons license, is Take Us to the Nearest Starbase by Astrometrics, whose work you can find at soundcloud.com slash astrometricsband. <laughs>